Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never roleplayed before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukake, your host. Our heroes saved the Underdark, received a boon from its ruler, and are researching Xanthus, an evil wizard in the Tower of Shadows. But will Xanthus's research help them find Alan? Will Butthole uncover a book that can defeat Manny? And will Juniper figure out what the hell the Great Collide is? Find out next on Dum Dums and Dragons. one is touched by the collide like what like this we, Xanthus? we look at the scroll and just see a blank page yeah it <laughs> no, no, no. it's sketches anthus this one is touched by the collide what what for, what for the person bringing us a scroll that says stuff you, you have a lot of questions for us about how the scroll works just throwing it out there xanthus is bad we should probably kill him yeah yeah i can get on board with that he took away alan and he took her place and he murdered this person he controlled all of the stained army left them all to die by uh ranger's account it's not a good guy he's like yeah collide or not sounds like who my dad wants he's to be get you know yeah. okay uh, yeah. but we gotta put this in the bags of holding in our mind and we gotta search this place cool. for what we're looking for juniper, so are you good to carry on with the research i'm okay so juniper the one thing that does strike you about the body you don't get the sense that you'd be able to impersonate him largely because every time you look at this body now you, you feel that double vision ill illness okay. That said, you do observe that his face looks very peaceful, almost happy. That's weird. Cut to Quinny. Quinny, you are looking around. So you're looking for information on portals. How do you think you'd go about doing that? This is the Shadow Academy, and we're in like a library, like a large study. Think of this as the main R&D style space. So there's a lot of desks with papers and things, but this is very much a workspace. There are bookshelves. Okay. You get the sense that their archive is elsewhere in the building. So there must be archives. Yep, absolutely. I'd like to go to the archives then. Okay. So um, a guard takes you down the hall. I'll follow. You go down the hall into, think like a large... Almost a... It's like, like the library from Beauty and the Beast? Yeah, kind of, like, very tall. Only in the dark, like, <laughs> no, like, beautiful, grand, like... If his library had been in that spooky spot where it was just the rose and everything sucked. Right. Yes, exactly, yeah, it's in the West Wing. <laughs> is it clear how this information is being stored alphabetically, by date, some other um, You can see that because this is all information that's being stored for a functional purpose, mm-hmm. it's all by theme. Things on magic, alchemical ingredients, Got it, okay. Creatures. So I, I would find, if it is so specific, portals or the planes, the can outer Can you roll planes. me an investigation check, please? Huh. Uh, that's a nat one, so I'm going to use lucky. Reroll that. <laughs> Uh, so that's a four plus my investigation, eight. Eight. There isn't a tab that says portals. The Dewey Decimal System does not work so good in the Underdark. But you are able to find some re- resources on the ideas of, of transport and teleportation, that sort of thing. That'll have to do, I guess. How about um, Outer Dimensions 
outer planes, anything like that? Yeah, there's definitely books on the various planes. You find the books. Are you pocketing the books or are you going to try and read a bunch of them while you're here? Are we planning on studying here, guys? Or are we planning on taking it back to the McSquigley? Is that what I don't think we have permission to stay here that long. They don't seem super fans of us. Can we get like a library card? It seems even worse that they would let us walk out of here with this information. So I'm saying library card. Juniper, Juniper, what's a lot be able to apply for a library card? You need oh. a fixed address. You guys live on an airship. <laughs> Look, the court jester's messing with us. He's like, "Are we going to read this here or go?" We're like, "We're going to go." And he's like, "We can't take the books." I'm like, "Just so tell us to read here." The, you, the two drow guard are aware. They aren't classic. Well, geez, we're looking out the wrong door, right? Okay, kind of guys, <laughs> but they aren't actively suspicious of you. I'm going to bring too many books over to Butthole, and I'm going to stealthily put the books we need into his bag of holding, and then walk back with the extra books. Can you roll me a sleight of hand check, please? Yes. 25. Well, I rolled a nat 20 on the guard's perception. So, so, Quinny, you are so fucking good at putting these books into the bag of holding. Yeah. And then as you guys go to leave, literally the bag can't pass the threshold. They're like, oh, trying to shoplift books, huh? You should have applied for a library card. Can we? And he punches you in the stomach. What's happening right now? This isn't a, I'm going to fight you. This is just a... No, I just mean he rolled a 25. I'm not aware he put books in me. I just can't walk through a door. So, Quinny, you get punched in the stomach. You take three points of damage and you stumble back into the library. Thanks, guys. Can I apply for a library card? This I didn't even know this was happening. No, at this point, we're definitely not letting you guys leave with anything. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so, you empty the books back out. They're still following the matron's orders. They'll let you observe. You also get the sense that Freak McNasty probably told them not to be too kind to you guys. Mm. Butthole, what did you want to look for in the library? First, I got to do a snap prayer because I didn't know what the library looked like versus the other room. So I take a knee and I do a quick prayer. Two says, this is the place to stay. So I basically, I know I'm not going to be able to use the Dewey Decimal System or whatever the hell their sign out thing is. So I'm just going to pray and sort of cast guidance on myself. And then I just want to walk through the room holding my hands out and just know that Moonhammer will tell me what to do. I'm just trusting my weird butt gut. Um, <laughs> you're walking along, kind of hands out. Maybe you do that Russell Crowe walking through the wheat thing from Gladiator, but it's along various spines of books. And weirdly, as you're going, your hand kind of gets stuck on one. Oh, I want to look at that book. It seems to be a very dark, kind of the equivalent of what a Brothers Grimm or Hans Christian Andersen thing would be in the Underdark. Full on Krampus is the least of our concerns level spooky book. Mm -hmm. Um, But it seems to be local folklore about uh, monsters and demons. I got to like turn away and like go to the corner to read so Quinny can't see what I'm reading, but I want to flip through that book and see what I find. I'm going to leave you alone too, but I only came over to try and steal books. <laughs> okay. So, Butthole, while you're reading, Quinny, I'm going to say you basically now have to do that thing that I did so many times in university, which is you have a stack of books, you have limited time, and you can only glean so much. So think of the three things you want to learn from these books, and then I'll have you roll for them. Meanwhile, Juniper, you're back in the main research floor. Mm-hmm. What are you looking for? The desk next to Xanthus has a lot of his notes and a lot of his his research. Yeah, I, I want to read through it all. Anything that he has about the other dimension and this purpose. Because I'm starting to think this one is touched by the Great Clyde. This isn't a great situation for this guy. I'm starting to think the Great Clyde might not be a good thing. I'm going to say that as you're kind of looking through his notes, it, it seems that he was currently looking at other things. 
But as you kind of flip through his research journal, you discover that he did seem at some point to be very interested in the possibility of interdimensional transit, Mm -hmm. which he notes is different from interplanar transit um, Mm. because all the planes would exist in one dimension. They might bridge between, but that the various planes of this dimension might not necessarily sync up with. Okay. However, you note, he seems to make a lot of reference to something called the singularity. And his research on interdimensional transport seems to be around this idea of the singularity and the powers it it can provide. That said, his conclusion is that breaching the kind of membrane between dimensions is far too dangerous and could potentially lead to reality unraveling or possibly cross-dimensional destruction. So he basically put a big red stamp on it being like, don't do this, this is too dangerous. You get the sense from his notes that he was hesitant to abandon the concept of the singularity, but that with the resources he had, it seemed impossible. So he turned his mind back to other matters. Well, the Great Collide is bad. Juniper, I'm giving you one point of inspiration (laughs) for coming to a revelation about the Great Collide. I was hoping it would be, you know, a time of like joy and building and everyone's happy. It could have been. I'm not I'm not here for it this conversation. It could have but. been. So we cut back to the library. Quinny, can you please roll? I'm going to give you an investigation, I think, for this. Okay. And tell me what the three things are, please. Roll first? No, I'll make you roll for each one individually. Okay. I want to know if there's any research on the fringe planes or extra planes other than like the established ones like you know hell and paradise or whatever people's like theoretical theses on what else is out there i'm looking for stuff that talks about a place matching the description of what butthole has told me about uh roll me a check please investigation yep 13 there's a lot of speculative literature written about what could exist in other planes much the same way that i think you could think about science fiction in our world The difference being that the people of Faerun are familiar with other planes of existence and aware of them. This research seems to be more so aimed towards what-ifs. So almost a steampunk Victorian kind of idea of what if things went differently in various places? What if magic didn't exist? What if magic was in overabundance? What if the membrane was weakened? There's a lot of research on the Spell Plague, which was a massive event that affected a lot of the world a while back, where the weave, which is kind of the overarching over-controlling magic. Okay. Think like the force, the thing that kind of binds magic together, broke. Okay. And as a result, a lot of strange things happened around the world. Locations changed, powers shifted, gods appeared as avatars in the world, and for quite some time there was upheaval. Things have settled since then, but there is some suggestion that that event may not be unique to your world, but also what if there was a world where that didn't happen. It's a little bit like saying, what would X country be if there was no world war? Right, okay. Nothing specific to what if there were laser guns, but definitely ideas of just because our world developed a certain way doesn't mean all worlds did. Another thing I want to research is how portals work. (laughs) Eleven. The information you find seems to suggest that a portal is a way of transferring matter from one place to another place. It creates a one-to-one hole in reality that allows you to pass things back and forth through it. Okay. Currently... As understood in your realm, the only way to create a portal is through magic. Okay. 
And my last one would be any of what this Xanthus was researching in the archives. So you find similar things to what Juniper found. He seemed to be quite concerned about power. What you find in the archive rather than in his notes is he seemed to check out a lot of books around the idea of avatars. So the idea of a god making themselves flesh or a god manifesting in flesh, saints, but also the idea of of power magnification and weirdly a lot of books on the the nature of self and how to infuse oneself with power. This is what he had written. You mostly find things he'd checked out. Juniper's got his active notes. You've got kind of more of a, a research history. Okay, yeah. But he seemed to be very concerned about the idea of of how to gain the most power possible and imbue oneself with power. So looking into how alchemists have empowered themselves, how liches have managed to become immortal and give themselves more power. So it's a pretty wide spread. Do I see any conclusions that he came to in his research? You've got his research history. You don't necessarily have have data. I don't see like how it's narrowing in any way over time. He drops off on investigating gods pretty quickly. The avatars and stuff were kind of an early research idea. By the end of it, it's more so histories of individuals or theories on individuals who have managed to empower themselves in some way, usually artificially. Thank you. You're welcome. Butthole, what have you been reading? So I got this book that sort of found me through the power of mm-hmm. the goddess. So I've been flipping through it and hoping there are pictures. Uh, they are. <laughs> but I've been uh, doing the same thing, only I'm infusing this with as much of my moon hammer powers as possible. So I cast guidance on myself. My eyes are glowing a little bit and they're like subtle farts around me as I flip through the pages because I don't have time to read the whole thing. Totally. You're flipping through and then you linger on a page, but there's just a, a little waft of a fart that manages to flip the page over. And you see the kind of fart air smooths the page out for you. And I think the best way to visually consider this book is if Guillermo del Toro drew it. So it's all spooky and curly and and beautiful and and horrifying. It's Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, a book in that elf land. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. So you see an image of, think almost hexadecimal style, several faces in a circle around one kind of central dark figure. And even though it's written in different terms, you can definitely identify this as the one of many faces. It seems to be listed almost as a lesser trickster boogeyman, sort of. He's definitely listed amongst devils who will come to you in many forms and offer you many deals. But almost a folk legend version, if that makes any sense. But is definitely known to offer great power in exchange for further favors and further deals. There's a lot of like nursery rhyme style, be careful with whom you deal for... Otherwise, regret and pain, you shall feel kind of shit. But yeah, you can definitely identify that this is the guy. Feels like this might be as much a folklore encyclopedia of weird demons from the description you gave. Mm. Does it include any weaknesses or stuff that he's particularly drawn to offering or like the deals he can't refuse or any of that kind of stuff? It seems to suggest that the people who have outsmarted him, a lot of it is around the idea of the wording of deals, almost a Rumpelstiltskin kind of situation. Also that in his haste to find more, unfortunately, the the biggest suggestion seems to be that you can basically just pass him off to someone else. Uh, And it follows or the ring kind of mentality, which is you have to outsmart him and then there doesn't seem to be any way to defeat him or destroy him. So you basically just need to find someone else to give him to. How do you negotiate the handoff? Is is it like the ring where they're like, show the tape to someone else? Uh, Kind of. I mean, it's a folklore version. So it basically says the only way out is to offer someone stronger. But it doesn't then have like a beat for beat. Step one. It's it's not a show them the tape scenario. It, It could be you don't know from this. So vague, but useful. Cool. I would say in terms of your overall goal with this, you're now one step closer on the wheel of successes. Juniper, that goes for you as well. 
Cool. So I feel very happy. And then I go back and I put the book back, but then I take out a book next to it and I'm like, oh, this one's super useful, Quinny. And then I like read the top of the page of what's the book about that I just picked up randomly. The book is scary dudes and where to find them in an alley. That's where. Uh, and then I close the book up and put it back. And I'm like, whoa, educational. And the two guards are like, oh, so, yeah, that, that tracks. That's, that is true. That is where scary dudes tend to be. Quinny's like, what are you doing? And then he kind of picks up like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. We'll look for we'll look for Manny there in an alley then. Seems right. Right, right. Cool. Uh, so is there anything else you guys want to do in the Academy of Shadows? No, I'm good. Moonhammer told me what I needed was here. Juniper? I don't know. Now I know the Great Collide is a destruction and chaos and all that crap. Now I got to prepare for it. Shit. But is there like anything you want to do no, here? No, okay, because I don't know what to do now. Because I just asked you like, what do you want to do? And you sort of went off on this Great Collide <laughs> thing. <laughs> Are we good to go? We're good to go. Okay, so we walk out with the security and on the way I'm like, you actually can sign up for a library card. <laughs> This episode is sponsored by Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective mind. But now we sell t-shirts and hoodies and water bottles and a ton of amazing products, all because we use Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It is 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Honestly, we tried to do merchandise for years, either to make things that were high quality, to make things that we could ship easily, to make things shippable in multiple markets. We just could not find that answer until we found Shopify. Once we got set up with them, it has been a breeze. Money transfers, no problem. Payments converted, it makes it so easy. I don't have to do anything manual. None of our team does to be able to provide high, high quality merch. Shopify gave us the control to be able to make our business even more successful and it can do that for you because Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify, and yours should too. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums, D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B-S, now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's the way you get to hear this. Welcome back to my first advertisement. That's right. It's the great wizard Bukake here to talk to you about the Patreon of Dum Dums and Dice. It's an amazing opportunity for you to contribute to a show you enjoy and appreciate even more shows they're making elsewhere, too. 
For $1, you get access to the fan-only Discord and a pre-session video and post-session DM chat for each arc of Dum Dums and Dragons, including all the historical ones. At $5, you get a weekly table-side chat, plus an ad-free feed where you don't have to hear any of us talking to you about Patreon or any other products that pop up. At $15 a month, you can name NPCs and submit names for places and things that have to get used in the show and mess with Tom. And at $25, you can create your own NPC that'll interact with our heroes and get a special thank you at the end of every episode. Just go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Join today! So you get outside and uh, Hornswoggle meets back up with you, Mayor Hornswoggle, and uh, th- thank you all so much for your assistance and for helping restore Blingdon Stone and, and for keeping me safe from the brain dragon. <laughs> know that you always have friends, uh, friend in Blingdon Stone. And know that you always have a friend in your loyal house farch. Uh, and I take off one of the throwing hammers that is hanging off of Goblin Jr. that's got the symbol of Moonhammer in it, and I'm like... Take this as a token of your allegiance, Banner Gnome. He takes it and he puts it on his belt and he peels one of the labels off of the Gandalf's brew and hands it to you. And he says, take this as a sign of my friendship, sir, I guess. Sir? Oh, no. I'll take sir. That's good. And then I I take that label and I stick it on the inside of my breastplate. And then with that, he takes his little hobo rucksack, throws it over his shoulder. It squinges a bit because it's made of octopus. And he starts starts the long trip home. So together, the three of you and Goblin Jr. depart from the Underdark to meet up at, I would say there's sort of places you can send ravens from, etc. To the McSquiggly. I'd say there's sort of like an inn side of the road that you're able to kind of tuck into for the night. We're at the surface now? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You've made your way back up to the surface. You're all pretty exhausted. Exhausted. It's, yeah. it's been quite a long few days, so you're able to tuck in there for the night. Is there anything you'd like to do at the inn? It's a small tavern, kind of think a, a roadside inn, so they have the ability for stables. It's kind of one large central dining and drinking hall, and then above there's a bunch of sort of small rooms. The place is pretty quiet. It just seems like a regular Tuesday on the surface, so there's not a whole lot going on. The bartender is a deep gnome wearing like big sunglasses, even at night, because it's pretty bright up here. And he just kind of makes his way around. He's got a variety of step stools at the bar. So he just kind of goes from step stool to step stool. And there's a tabaxi bard kind of sitting in the corner, just plucking away on a lute, singing nice, gentle background tunes. I'm going to drink. Okay, what are you drinking? Just ale. Uh, Lots and lots of ale. Great. So he just turns the tap on and keeps sliding drinks under it. You're you're getting the Kennedy special. Anytime your drink hits the bottom, there's just another one. Uh, How about you guys? I'm going to share my research notes with you and implore you not to share yours with me. Yeah, I just describe alleys to you for a long time because you hate it, but I figure Manny has to hate it too. So once you're done, it's sort of torturous for both of you. Christy Alley, Allie McBeal. (laughs) They've all had scary men. (laughs) Inside the oh. <laughs> Noted fan of the show, Christy. <laughs> no, not anymore. Right? <laughs> well, she's not coming back for our next recording. Uh, shit. Well, there goes my arc. Um, okay, cool. So you catch butthole up on research. Juniper, I assume you also make your learnings available to them. I so, do. And I will share what I know with Juniper. It's not mm-hmm. much, okay. but I'll share it. So, Quinny, you now have access to all, all that and a kind of between what Juniper tells you about what Xanthus was looking into and what you found in the research history. It seems as though the singularity is some kind of self-empowerment thing. You're not quite sure what it is, but it seems that this Xanthus was very obsessed with the idea of this singularity and what it could do for him, though he did abandon the research. 
I'm also going to write a series of messages to send, one of which is generically to Ranger just to tell him he'll get murdered if he goes back to the Underdark. And the rest of them, I actually want to send a number of letters declaring the existence and the formation of House Farch that are marked with the signet ring of my father. Do you want to like flip the signet ring upside down? Like, What, what have you done to alter... I think I'm using my official powers as arguably the heir apparent to the throne to enforce that this has begun. So it has the signet ring of my father, which is now, I guess, my signet ring because I am a legitimate son, even the last of the tinglers. I was going to say bloodline senses from what I understood of that terrible metal box full of words. I'm part him, so it's my ring now. You are kind of a clone of him, so sure. Yeah, I'm like, I'm a genetic mix of him and my mom. I'm like, sounds like every kid. I'm going to use the ring because now technically I'm the surviving male heir. Yep. So, boom, House Farch on the scene. So, where, where are you sending these missives? I'm going to send it to Neverwinter. Why not? I feel like I should send it to the village that we came from, like Fandelver, because that just feels right. I'll send one all the way across the ocean, because I can. We made some friends over in Catland. I'll send one to the Planteers. Why not? There's that one, Cormium. I take out the little perfume note I got, and I smell it, and it's nice. So I It just, is really nice. That one's just a nice one where I'm like, hey, I just want to let you know. Like, I hope you're doing well. Like, you're cool. <laughs> you're really cool. And then I'll send it to a couple of different locations in a car just so that it's notified sure. in their registry. And we'll say that you, you send it to sort of the major city centers you would yeah. know about in the kingdoms and that sort of thing that you know of throughout Forgotten Realms. Yeah. And when it's, it's like people we know and are friends with, I send them like a second note that's like, you can send this back if you want. But like, do you want to join my house? Yes, no. <laughs> they can circle one and send it Is there it back. a maybe box? Or do they have to draw that one in themselves? The last one will be like, maybe later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wicked. So you send uh, those out. Juniper, you're getting good and drunk. Mm -hmm. um, and Quinny, you have shared your research. Is there anything else you want to do? Depending on butthole, I'm going to want to pull him aside and talk to him in private. I'll go. Can I bring Goblin Jr.? Snarf? Sure. Okay. Snarf. So we find like a booth out of the way. And that's really... And I feel bad, but I send Billy Fingers away. Billy Fingers clicked clacks away and then similar to Ranger walking away, turns back Hulk style and just stares at you and the Hulk theme plays, except rather than like walking down a street, he's just walking along the bar. Yeah, he walks along the bar and he just gets his drink and he's just dipping fingers in it. Just oh. all of them. <laughs> he gets a shot glass of vodka and he just puts one finger in hoping it'll absorb. Yeah, he has to like dip a finger and then put it in the middle of himself. So he's rotating through fingers to get it in there. I'm going to roll a slight of hand check for Billy Fingers. Hang on. Oh, fuck. He's really good at drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to sit down with Butthole and Goblin Jr. kind of out of the way and just say, listen, back when we were fighting your dad and you were under his control, I was able to free you of that control with some kind of potion or serum that Alan left for us to use. But I didn't know what to do with it. I couldn't have freed you without the help from the one of many faces. He made a deal with me in order to save you and bring you back. I had to offer up Bucky. He requested Bucky. Whoa. Is Bucky okay right for now? For now, yeah. Yeah. He has to sign an infernal contract and I have to be the one to make him do it. And I'm starting to think that time is running out because he's coming to me in my dreams and reminding me of my obligation. And I just wanted to let you know that, let you know that I am working on something to get Bucky out of it. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm not going to, I'm not just going to give him up. Okay, it's a contract, though, right? It's a contract. Who do we hate who also sucks? Xanthus comes to mind. But who could we get to sign this thing that sucks? So we're not making a new super-powered monster. We're making, like, something that sucks. 
be a demon. <laughs> I don't know. It's like the two things I can think about is getting Alan back by killing Xanthus or getting her information out of Xanthus by any means possible and how to save Bucky from a fate that I've doomed him to. Good. I wanted to make sure fucking over Bucky wasn't on the table. No, I don't think so. <laughs> He's all right. That's the nicest thing you've ever said about a companion. I will take it. Yeah. Okay, let me know if there's a way I can help or something. Well, the trick is keeping the other guy out of the conversation, which I think I've figured out, but I don't know. How did you, to... If you know he knows, you can just tell me. I guess that's fair. I need one of those collars from the prison or something like that that cuts off your magic. Oh, interesting. I'm betting that cuts him off from me. I won't be able to use his influence or his magic. It's a theory. I don't know if it works for well, sure, but... It's good I didn't think of that. <laughs> Shit. Okay, let me see if I could send some messages or something and chase down a caller. And then at least we can work together on stuff that way. Let's see if that works. Okay, okay, deal. After we've had this conversation, I want to send a raven to the McSquiggly because I'm sure Leanna Lion Shield has better lines of supply than anybody else. And I'm just like, get it. I'll pay you. We can get even... it ASAP. I want like whatever the Faerun equivalent of Amazon Prime is for this <laughs> caller. I will pay for a very... Lion Shield Prime? Yeah, I'm like, I will pay for like eight ravens to carry it back. <laughs> <laughs> you supposed to sort of spend the night talking about that and then eventually you retire to your rooms. Butthole, I think your dreams are kind of an odd clip show of life with your family and your father and your brain is still clearly processing that. And I think you're able to kind of see yourself as the cruel ruler of a cop, but also then you think back to your days with gray water and farting with everyone and helping people and saving them rather than enslaving them and, and all that. So you kind of have a mixed bag of dreams that way. Queenie, the hourglass is now empty. No sand anywhere? Uh, <laughs> like, well, there's, the sand is gone or the, it's all The, the sand bottom? is in the bottom and you can hear what sounds like a claw or a nail tapping glass. So you sleep very, very badly. And Juniper, you drink until you can't stand up no more. Mm -hmm. But even so, in your dreams, you can just see those two circles. And then as you sleep, you start to see more and more and more. And you kind of everywhere you, you look and think there just seem to be more circles. Mm. So all of you sleep kind of poorly. Billy Fingers <laughs> is real drunk and doesn't really have a brain. So like he sleeps great. And Goblin Jr.'s hairy goblin leg kicks throughout the night. And when you awake in the morning, there's word that uh, the McSquiggly will pick you up. So it takes most of the next day for the McSquiggly to arrive, but it finally does show up. You're able to make your way up the ladders and such and back aboard the ship. So you reboard the ship to find that Bryn and a number of the sort of regulars that you've seen around have disembarked from the ship and are off on missions of their own. Thieves Guild seems to be rather active of late. And as a result, she and a lot of the name brand thieves you know are, are no longer aboard. So the ship has been left in the hands of Nevin Dran, who is acting captain. He's a, a hobgoblin with a lot of experience at sea, and as a result has kind of been the actual man behind the wheel through a lot of this. Obviously, Bryn has control of the ship, but is almost more of a spiritual figurehead than an actual airship captain, given that she's a thief, not a nautical person, or aeronautical person, I suppose. So you make your way back aboard, and Nevin informs you, again, that a lot of the thieves have disembarked. The ship is going to head sort of inland a ways. There are some various thieves that they need to pick up and drop off along the way. There's some cargo they're carrying they want to take care of. But as a result, they are able to eventually drop you off where you want to go, but they can't run errands for you right now, if that makes any sense. Okay. So you have a few days aboard the ship. What would you like to do? I need to go talk to Leanna Lionshield because I'm having a lot of 
challenges after that night of dreams because i'd originally thought okay i'll use the sigil of my dad but then like there's so much blood attached to it but the original thought was like oh i'm gonna reclaim it and then i was like i don't actually think there's anything in this to reclaim for the purposes of a car it just seems terrible which means i've got to restart somewhere and i feel like she'd be the lady on the ship who would know who i could talk to about getting this ring specifically smelted down and remade into a new sigil that'll be for house farch and I have a design I want because I was trying to think of all the things that are very positive in a farch sense. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to think of the opposite because right now it's a mailed fist covered in blood, which is awful. Right. Yeah. So what I want, I was trying to think of like positive things from the Greywater Syndicate. And what's the best part of being in Greywater? All that smooching. So in the back, it's just big, almost like Rolling Stones lips, yeah. minus the tongue, but just like those big red lips. And then on top of that, there's a butt, just like Moonhammer. It's like smaller in like the middle of these big lips is the butt. And then coming out of the butt, rather than the hammer, because I'm not taking Moonhammer's symbol for my own, that'd be crazy. There's like an <laughs> arm going up. And then at the top, it's just a hand giving a thumbs up. So it's like a spin on Moonhammer. So that's the Isn't sigil I want. to a ring? Well, it's like a signet ring. Those are really big because they're the oh, ones that okay. the royal families would use. You put wax on a message and seal got it with it, it then it. you know it comes from whoever. Yeah. So that's going to be the sigil of House Farch. So I want to I place an order for that. And then I also want to talk to her about these cloaks I want to get made that are going to look <laughs> so cool. Okay. <laughs> Fucking farch jerseys. <laughs> so uh, that's what Butthole wants to get up to. Juniper, what would you like to get up to? Juniper's feeling a little bit lost right now. Is there anyone on ship to talk to? Like a who, who knows Who knows anything? If you're looking around for somebody like that, you could tell me what your problems are, Juniper. Yeah. And then oh my God. you turn into Martha, who's a therapist, and I'll tell her your problems. And then Martha could give advice to Juniper. Or if you think that's stupid, we could get Bucky in here and Bucky could become Juniper and then Juniper and Martha could have their conversation. Uh, Maybe. That might be a little bit more direct, I guess. Bucky, are you around, Bucky? Always, Mr. Butthole. (laughs) Bucky smells of rancid soup. As you'll recall, he was (laughs) delivering soup. Many different soups. Under under (laughs) your your doors for days. Well, first of all, thank you for cleaning the rooms this morning. It was a really weird night. (laughs) I'm glad to see you're all better after all that soup. Yep, I'm doing so great. So there's two things we need from you, Bucky. One is don't go near Quinny. (laughs) Don't sign anything Quinny gives you. Why not? You're not allowed, okay? People want people to sign things right now. There's a pyramid scheme going on, and I don't want anybody getting caught up in it. Oh, okay. Should we help Mr. Quinney get out of the pyramid scheme? I'm working on that, but I have a different thing we need your help with. How can I help? So Juniper here is having a bit of trouble. So she needs you to turn into her so that you, as her, can get advice from her as Martha. Bucky can totally cast Alter Self to look exactly like Martha. All right, so Juniper, tell Bucky your problems, and then Bucky can turn into Juniper and talk to Martha. All right, Bucky. So I am supposed to prepare the world and myself Uh for this Great Collide that's happening. Oh, wow. We know that the Great Collide is a bad thing. Okay. It shouldn't happen. Oh. Or if it should happen, if it's going to happen, we need to be able to deal with the fallout. If it's not supposed to happen, you're preparing the world for it. I I mean, it'll just be bad if it happens. Oh, okay. So, we don't want it to happen. Are you trying to stop it from happening? Maybe. It's real unclear. So, maybe stop it from happening, or maybe just deal with it. And make sure that, like, everyone doesn't die when it happens. So, what do you want me to ask Martha? What the hell I'm supposed to do? Oh, okay. 
Okay, I gotta leave because if this is going to be a session, then that's only between like therapists and clients. You can't bring a friend unless well, Juniper you needs can emotional. Stay. I'm well, gonna be your goblin junior. <laughs> I'm so excited, and I just like snarf a couple of times and then sit on the couch. Okay, go ahead. I'll I'll be quiet. Okay, so uh, Bucky casts alter self, and I transform into Martha. This is the coolest thing to watch. So Juniper, what what can I do for you today? Uh, hi Martha, it's it's me Juniper. I'm you. I think sometimes. Um, I have uh, one real quick question for you. Please. And Bucky will like look at his hand <laughs> where he's written down the question. What the hell am I supposed to do? And just looks at Martha expectingly. What do you want to do? I want to either prevent the Great Collide from happening or deal with it when it happens. So you're looking at those two options? Yeah. Why is it only those two? Well, you told me. <laughs> Juniper told him, Juniper, this is, this is Martha, not Juniper. I think I have a scroll that tells me things that only I can read. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the scroll, why are you doing exactly what it says? Gosh, that's a real good question. I'll have to get back to you on that. If you had to fathom a guess. Uh, well, it's a magical scroll, so it, 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 it must be more important than regular old scrolls or books. So you should just trust in this scroll because? Well, well I guess I, I didn't know about the Great Collide before, so the scroll told me about that. So maybe the scroll wants me to do something about it. And what's your experience been like and your friend's experience with mystical, magical objects telling them what to do? Miss Martha, this is getting hard. Most of them have asked us to do evil stuff. Oh, thank you, Mr. Bottle. Go team. Go team. Well, every time we have a magic thing, it tells us to do something and we do it and then it's bad. So never mind about the scroll. It's a bad scroll, I guess. So if there was no scroll, what would you be doing? I don't know. <laughs> Just guess, Bucky. I mean, Juniper. <laughs> um, I would be... And Bucky, like, looks around the room. <laughs> Something about light? Light and happen? I would install lights. <laughs> in office buildings and homes. So you want to bring light to the world? Is that what you're trying to say? Yes. I nod. Yes. How would you go about that? Well, I'd probably charge just a flat fee for homes and for places of business, it'd be an hourly rate because there'd be more lights. And I'd probably get- Martha just glares at butthole. Like a parts and labor thing going there as well because, you know, office buildings and castles are much larger than like just homes. So, so as Buggy continues this butthole, you make your way off to visit Leanne because you get, you get the sense, you, you've heard this speech before. He's got a lot of thoughts on, on contractor work. I also lock it into my head though because I'm like, that sounds like a good investment opportunity if legit Juniper wants to start this business. And I got a couple, I got eight, 1,800 gold pieces burning a hole in my pocket. Uh, so you make your way through to sort of the cargo section where you know Leanne has basically been operating Line Shield out of there. She's doing a lot of import-export, but also kind of helping defense goods and bring things through. Think of her set up like a police lockup where they've got all the cool stuff behind the fence. And you have to go like lean on the thing and be like, hey, it's me, your favorite detective. I need two silenced weapons and a balaclava and I can't tell you why. And she's like, oh, I don't know. So uh, Leanne greets you warmly. You know, she does the usual gag. She's like, don't, don't kick my door. Yeah. And I'm like, don't shoot me. <laughs> and then, yeah. You guys laugh. And she brings out a, a couple kind of small ornate porcelain teacups that she spikes heavily with booze and then just a little bit of tea. And she gives you one and raises a glass to your health. Yeah. And I raise a glass back and I'm like, all right, Leanne. I'm sort of looking for some, like, specialist materials here. I know I already messaged you about that magic collar. Did you get that, Raven? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I'm, I put some feelers out. It's going to take some time. Okay, cool. It's good knowing you can always do the specialty stuff. So I sort of got this ring. You see how spooky it is? Oh, that is a spooky ring. Yeah, so I, I want to get this specific ring remade so it's got a different symbol on the front. And I take out a drawing that I've done of the symbol as I mm. described earlier. And I'm like, I want, I want it to look like this. Exactly but like that? Maybe more gooder. If okay. You could yeah, do that. yeah. Yeah. More gooder. I understand. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Just use the same material, same gems, all that, mm-hmm. but just make it look like that, but gooder. And then I've got this, and I reach into the bag of holding, and I just pull out these like parcels of vaguely bloody <laughs> dragon skin flesh. I'm like, so I started a house. Uh, oh, good it, for you! Congratulations. Th- th- thank- big first step. Yeah, I really feel like it was a big thing. A gnome told me to do it, so I got it all set up, and I got like a court jester, and I got like a hand. And then I got like a mayor. I'm not so much worried about the mayor, but I got it. So I want to make like fancy coats so that we all match. Or like capes, but or coats or something. Mm-hmm. I've got this dragon skin because we murdered a dragon. Oh, congratulations. That's a huge first step. <laughs> Thank you. A gnome <laughs> told me to do it. So I want to get these turned into like cool coats. So maybe with that symbol on them somewhere so people can go like, look at that house all walking together with similar items. Yeah, yeah. I I think I could definitely get that going for you. Tell you what, it'll probably take me about a day. But why don't I put together a prototype? You can come back. You can take a look. You can see if you like it. See if you don't like it. See, you know, where it's at. This all makes uh, sense because I've learned a lot from Bucky about design and approvals in a corporate environment. And I feel like you always charge a fair freelance rate. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Yes. I mean, I'm careful to make sure that the customer is satisfied both with the quality and with the price. And I'm not going to give too many notes that it stops being worth your time. So let's do what we do good. So she clinks her tea glass and then uh, starts like unfolding the vaguely wet skin. So she's going. I did remove most of it with a hammer. So it's not exactly clean underneath. Yeah, she's like, oh, 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 oh my. Okay. That is a lot more sluicing than I, than I expected. I keep the dragon blood as a tip. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of shrugs and gets a mop. <laughs> uh, smash cut back to the therapy session. And for churches and other religious places, they probably get a discount. So by this point, Juniper, I think you've probably transformed back into Juniper. Mm-hmm. What is something you would like to ask Bucky? He's lived in your shoes for a bit, but also I think you're realizing that maybe there aren't external solutions to this, yeah. but that Bucky himself might have some advice. So what's one question you want to ask Bucky specifically? Oh, good Lord. So while you're thinking about that, Bucky will be saying. And for schools, I do like a charity program, maybe, so that the schools get lights for free. And maybe uh, start up like my own school of bringing light. So I teach other people how to make lights and install lights. And then, you know, expand the business that way. And, you know, we just try to build the brand up kind of like a grassroots kind of thing. Uh, And see where we go from there. That's probably what I would do. Me, uh, Juniper, the, the light person. Bucky. I'm Juniper. <laughs> Juniper. You're Martha. Juniper. Yeah. Be, be Bucky again. Oh, yeah. Okay. And just alter self back to, to Bucky. Is, is it like a Shrek transformation where you just like spin around a few times and then you're Bucky again? No, it's it like Sailor Moon. She sees you nude, head to toe, spinning, or and then you is become it like light. piece by piece, kind of weird and jerky. It is almost like the shape of Juniper contracts inward while the shape of Bucky grows outward. And they just kind of like phase through each other and then Bucky's there. Cool. Bucky, you've been traveling around the world. Yeah, a little bit. And you've learned a lot about the good and evil forces. Bucky just shrugs. (laughs) I guess so. There was one place where you thought maybe someone you've met along the way or somewhere you've been where... Kind of magic was focused or something. Where would that be? 
You want to know where magic is? Yeah. I mean, it's all over the place. The world's full of magic. Watch. And I just like, <laughs> I'll cast Polymorph on Goblin Jr. and make him into a uh, full-grown orc. Oh, <laughs> snarf, snarf. See? And I'll just cast back. <laughs> Juniper, as Bucky does this, your vision blurs slightly and you feel ill. Oh. The scroll begins to burn hot. Has it changed at all? If you pick it out, it begins to sketch Bucky. What's the scroll say? It has a picture of you, actually. Oh. It says this one is touched by the Great Collide. What's my picture look like? Like you. Like right now? Bucky like does a pose. <laughs> like, does it look like this now? <laughs> it draws Bucky, yeah. but then it continues to draw, and you can almost see Bucky aging, but you see his features grow sharper and slightly more demonic. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just you. Huh. Bucky, why, why is there where, a picture where were you before you met Butthole and Quinny and Alan? I lived with my family. And where were they? They're back in the mountains. Um, so that's where they are. What mountains? Just curious. Oh, you know, the, the Blood Mountains. This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and RDM Tom McGee at McGee TD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Dum Dums and Dragons' artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser, and our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. You start with your own breathing. Match the rhythm of the breeze that carves the canopy, the birds and bugs chirping in set intervals. Feel the subtle pulse rising up from the ground beneath you. To wander is to dance with the forest. But the forest isn't just the partner. She's the music, the style. She's the rhythm. She's the set of ancient steps and movements that have been passed down from one dancer to another. She teaches you to dance the dance she invented to the music she's singing in a tonal system she thought up one night as it pleased her. You breathe and you listen wait for your place, your first step, the call to Fairy Folktale Podcast from T.H. Ponders, a member of the Fable and Folly Network. Listen to the show by searching for The Wanderer in Apple Podcasts or by visiting www.callofthewander.com.